everyone. I'm Ian. And I'm Sam. And you're listening to Do I Like This, the podcast. Ooh, sorry, I almost just threw up. <laughs> that was good. You did, you did good. good. You <laughs> held it in. in. Yeah. We're proud. Continue. Oh, you usually say yay instead of almost vomit. So <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yay. <laughs> yay. This is the 50th episode in which I've brought Sam a movie that somehow fell from the heavens into my lap. Oh, this is number 50? Okay, so this is the the number 50 for that we've numbered. We have a bunch of shit in between, like okay. interviews and like side episodes. And then we're doing Sam's pick one time. And this is the 50th canonical episode, yeah. Right, it's like the 50th X-Men right. comic. Like, it's not the 50th comic <laughs> X-Men of gotcha, that gotcha. But we labeled it okay. 50, right? That counts. Yeah, and if anyone's confused... We'd like to welcome Brett back to the show. He's taken a hiatus because my bad jokes really, really made him upset for a while, but he's finally back. Well, it took me a long time to uh, pilot my bathosphere back from the bottom of the ocean, (laughs) as you all know from last time I was here. How is Andrew Ryan doing? He's no Jacques Cousteau, that's for sure. (laughs) Wait, what, what did you guys watch last time? We watched Boa last, I think. No, it was uh, it was the murder cop. Oh, oh maniac that's right, cop. maniac cop. Oh, maniac right. We did two good ones in a row between that and Boa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those were fun. Those were good movies. Those were good movies. I was gonna say, I feel like that was closer. So yeah, maniac cop. That yeah, it was August. Sense. You're right. Yep. Right. It's been a hot minute. You know. Yeah. But that's how the world is. Talk about our neighbors shooting off fireworks. Yeah. Oh, they have fireworks? We just have guns up here. (laughs) You guys got a lot of COVID, too, that nobody's talking about. I mean, I don't. (laughs) Well. And honestly, that's the only person I'm really concerned about in New Hampshire. Because my parents don't go outside. And, I mean, so it's just me. I heard you can't get it from a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru, so Dad's fine. (laughs) I mean, you know, like, America runs on Dunkin'. It's not COVID like, runs on Duncan. Exactly. You can't put COVID yeah. in Duncan, right? It would probably taste better. And like, that's like, if you couldn't taste it, it would be an improvement. So they yeah. can't have I was going to say COVID gets killed by Duncan's original brew. I'm literally drinking Duncan coffee right now. So <laughs> I'm a hypocrite and a liar. So you're safe. Yeah, exactly. You are a New Englander mm-hmm. is what you are. So it all makes sense. Can't no. escape it. So we talked about some crazy things right there. You guys want to talk about some real crazy things? I think we should dive into this week's movie. Sam, what are we watching this week? Did we watch this week? We watched Psycho Goreman. And I think that's all I've got. No additional detail. Yeah, I think that's what I saw. I, I, I hit play and stuff happened. Yeah, it was a time that was had. So I mean this is a this is a 2020 Canadian science fantasy action horror comedy. Oh, it's Canadian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the Canadian production group Astron 6, wow. which also did Father's Day yeah. and a lot of other low budget 80s inspired horror comedies over the last decade or so. That all makes a lot of sense now. Um, yeah. That's a sentence I didn't th- think we'd hear with this movie. Yeah. Do you want me to read the plot from Wikipedia? Yeah. I think that would help set the stage a little. Yeah. So this is like a, a mainstreamy type thing. So we're not going to do our regular like walkthrough. Uh, also, I feel like it would have been really difficult to do a walkthrough on this one. <laughs> this movie's impossible to do a walkthrough on. I mean, it's, I don't know what you're talking about. This is a tight uh, script. <laughs> also, just be forewarned, the Wikipedia plot is the only one i could find that had enough like detail in it it's also wrong in some areas <laughs> wait someone watched this and didn't nail describing it verbatim oh yeah some of the stuff is like flip-flopped like the scenes are flip-flopped i does i don't it doesn't matter it, Disappointing it, Wikipedia. it doesn't matter because it all happens so you know what you you keep going i'll yeah. fix the article real quick let's just gonna go in there and punch it up while we're doing this. I'm also probably going to skip through it because it's pretty long. Just hit the high notes. 
you know, forget Wikipedia. Give us the general summary of this movie, and we'll just go into it. I'm going to use it. Wikipedia as a guideline. We don't need the lore. Because there's a lot of lore. Weird yeah, lore. Yeah, skip the, the Psycho Gorman uh, lore drops. So, <clears throat> siblings Mimi and Luke discover a strange glowing gem while digging in their garden. That night, an alien monster emerges from the hole. It's already wrong. It's already skipped Crazy Ball. Oh, we did skip Crazy Ball, which which actually is a really <laughs> important plot point. Really critical. Right. Huge so one. we open on Mimi and Luke, who are siblings, playing what's called Crazy Ball, which I'm pretty sure Mimi made up all the rules to because they're crazy like she is. You guys all know this game. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an aging millennial, uh, it's Calvin Ball. Oh, okay. Yes. If you are under the age of 30, it's just a game where rules don't exist. It's sort of like dodgeball slash uh true american from new girls right yeah sure sure so they're doing that and the reason why he's digging the hole is because mimi won and she's gonna bury him alive yeah because she's totally not a tiny little psychopath i guess we should also phrase they're like nine and twelve they're they're young kids They're, they're they're young so the monster emerges from the hole that they dug he goes to an old shoe factory, kills a group of thieves. The next day, Mimi and Luke follow the trail of the monster to the shoe factory and discover him. The monster identifies himself as an Archduke of Nightmares, a deadly alien warrior imprisoned on Earth after attempting to destroy the galaxy in a rampage. But before he can kill them, he realizes Mimi has the gem, uh, which allows her to control him. She then names him in a process of naming that was that happened and so she names him psycho goreman or pg and begins commanding him basically then we see up above an alliance of aliens discover that he's escaped imprisonment and there's a templar warrior named pandora who's sent to earth to kill pg there's some backstory there but basically PG and his people were slaves to the Templars. He discovered the gem, which bonded with him and gave him immense power. He assembled an army called the Paladins of Sidian and battled the Templars and began a rampage across the galaxy until he was defeated and imprisoned on Earth. I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. 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 I'm also reading along and I'm very excited for a sentence she's going to get up, get to in about two or three. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Unless I skip it, but I won't. Oh, you can't skip the no, sen- I won't. that sentence. So then PG broadcasts a call for help to his paladins. When the kids come back, they bring him food and magazines. Mimi apologizes for not having any porn, but points out that there are hunky boys. Mm-hmm. And PG mm-hmm. delivers the line of the movie. He says, I do not like hunky boys. Or do I? And we find out later he indeed does like hunky boys. Mimi and Luke's parents, Susan and Greg, who are trash parents, see PG oh, and, <laughs> and Mimi introduces him. <laughs> then we get a montage of PG accompanying the family on activities and becoming a very reluctant friend. They're just shenanigans forever until the oh, Templar arrives. Oh, God. It's right. so... One thing leads to another, and then the monsters are here. Right, and then yeah. nothing happens for a really long time, and then some monsters, yeah, yeah. and then nothing. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> In culmination... <laughs> I think you just described my life. <laughs> nothing happened, and then some monsters, and then nothing again. And I'm like, yeah. too real. Yeah. At, at this point, they haven't... They're, they don't say this, but... Luke's little friend gets turned into a giant brain by oh, PG. Yeah. Alistair. Oh, yeah. We'll go into that. That's a very important plot point. So Luke, Mimi, and, and Alistair the brain and PG are all playing crazy ball when some police officers arrive. They attack PG, who kills... Well, he mutates one of them into a deformed slave person while the other mm. one escapes. I believe he calls it an empty husk of flesh. Yeah, it's basically like an inside-out zombie um, with a gun molded to his hand. Sort of like a Videodrome. Oh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Long live the, the new flesh. Yeah. Oh, God. Pandora arrives 
at the police station. She interrogates. She just interrogates everybody, basically. So then PG and the kids are in the woods. The paladins arrive in front of the group. His his people are supposed to be loyal to him. He orders them to kill Mimi and Luke, only for the paladins to reveal they're now allied with the Templars. So then a Power Rangers-type yes. fight ensues. Uh, PG is injured yes. by them, but then he kills them all. PG, this best part of the movie, PG comes to Greg, the dad in the vision. <laughs> yes, this is which, my favorite thing. Which we'll talk about later because it's the best part of the movie. <laughs> demanding that Greg come get him and the children from the woods, so Greg does so. When they get back to the house, Pandora is at the house with Susan, the mom. And this is where, like, they split into factions. So Luke goes with mom and Pandora and Mimi and dad stay with Psycho Gorman. And they take off. Psycho Gorman's basically like, Mimi, you got to give me the gem to heal me. I promise I won't kill you and your family for realsies. <laughs> but Luke has stolen the gem, so they don't have it. Yeah. So now they all are at the shoe factory. And at this point, Pandora has transformed the mother Susan into a Templar also. They look like Doctor Who monsters. They're like Doctor Who Power Rangers. Them. Yeah. This one does, yeah. And they begin to battle. At this point, Luke convinces Mimi the power of the gem has corrupted her. And before Pandora can kill Psycho Gorman, he challenges her to a battle of Mimi's choosing. And she, of course, chooses Crazy Ball, which has been telegraphed from the beginning of the movie. Mimi's team wins, but Pandora goes to attack anyway. Susan uses her powers to save Mimi, but is reverted to her human form. Luke and Mimi reconcile and hand the gem to Psycho Gorman, healing him. PG defeats Pandora and devours her because that's what you do to another warrior. An honorable warrior's death, yeah. He returns the now powerless gem to Mimi, stating that after witnessing the family's affection for each other, he is now powered by love. And he will use that love to destroy the galaxy, but promises to spare the family. The family bids farewell and watches as he begins to destroy the town. The news shows PG in a giant form devastating the Earth, and in deep space, the planetary alliance debates killing themselves before he can reach them. The end. You got that? All right. See you next week. Also, so many more things happened. I mean, yeah, dude, there isn't enough time for all the things that happen in this movie. A lot of stuff happens, but also next to nothing happens. Right. Like, there's several musical numbers. Yeah. Oh, God. I hated those. Like, the kids The kids have a song at one point. Called Frig You. Right. Frig You. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to do whatever I want. I did not actually remember yeah. anything. So I saw this, <laughs> I saw this movie in January. And we're recording this in the end of November. For so, so almost an entire calendar year ago. Mm-hmm. And I uh, refreshed myself on some of it, but didn't watch it it's in, in its entirety last night. But uh, it's not a super forgettable piece. So yeah, that all, uh, <laughs> it's all in my head. Which is funny because it's also very forgettable. Like you were saying, the whole montage middle, it's just a bunch of nonsense. It was like, for me, halfway, not even halfway through, like 20 minutes in, I looked at E and I was like, this movie's like too on the nose and it's way too self-aware and silly for me. It was too silly that to the point where I had a hard time watching it. Going into this, I read about it. I looked at the things, I, the trail. I'm like, I feel like this is going to be strongly in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It's, I agree with Sam. I had a couple scenes that I really liked, but the majority of it, I and I think a lot of it comes from I really didn't enjoy the little girl who was the main character. So why don't we start around there? I thought she yeah. was just all the characters in this movie were just such stereotypical or too extremely played in their roles. It was all like she's a brat, so she was an aggressive like brat from a nine if you think of a brat in a like late 90s music video she's that character the whole movie i i have a bit of a different take on this film than you guys and we'll we'll work on that but <laughs> i don't think that any of my problems with any of the characters have to do with their acting Mm-mm. or 
individual choices in in what's going on on their part. I think that the writing that they're forced to share, right? Yeah. She does a very effective job as an actress playing this character role. Yes. And yes. I think that part of that, part of how much you dislike her is that she did a good job being the worst, mm-hmm. right? I think you're right. I I feel that all the 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 core five characters, the the kids, their parents, and and the monster, right? I think they all nail what they were going for. Yeah. But I think that mm-hmm. ultimately, what they were going for was a bit. I don't know. I don't know what the best way to phrase it is at this point. Heavy handed, maybe. So this is intentionally a film trying to crib the um, nostalgia and mystique mm-hmm. of badly made movies of yeah. like mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And some some even older than that, right? Like the first time when you see those monsters, you referred to them as Power Rangers, right? And that's exactly what they are. They're these tokusatsu style rubber suit costumes yes. that are very fun. They were awesome costumes. Yeah, they were, they were really fun. We're very clearly trying to hit certain points. And I think that they hit a lot of the points very well and others are just a bit too detached from like reality to make it a fun experience. Cause like, mm. yeah, it's, it's definitely zany. And I think it just felt like too much. It was like too many things because I kept getting like, Oh, this is a little bit monster squad. It's a little bit stranger things. It's a little bit power Rangers. It's a little bit masters of the universe. Like, all of those things, even like a little bit like Toxic Avenger. I was getting like the trauma vibes from this. And the little kid to me, Mimi, was like that little kid from the Babadook. I hate yes. that movie. I don't think it's scary at all. I think it's awful because that kid was like unwatchable to me. But I know that that's how he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So he did a great job. But the people who wrote his character made him so unlikable that it was unwatchable for me anyway. I, I don't even want to come out against it because there's actually a lot of a lot of this movie that I thought was really funny. Yeah, definitely laughed a lot. It's got some great stuff. There are good jokes. There are funny mm-hmm. scenes. There are good character moments. Like the dad is my favorite character by far. <laughs> love the dad. I love him. I was sold on him in the first scene he's mm-hmm. in because the kids are like, they're afraid of monsters and he's putting the sun to bed and the sun says something about like, uh, <laughs> our monster's I don't know, real. Our, our monster's real and dad kind of just looks at him and he's like, well, you know, son, in some way, humans are the real monsters. <laughs> Good night. And it's, it's like, what? <laughs> like, he's great. He's a toned down Randy Marsh and like, mm-hmm. it really yes. fits. Yeah. Like, I think he is the level of comedic and and seriousness that I enjoy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the fact that everybody else is also amped up, it makes it kind of heavy, right? If yeah. if he was the only character written comedically, everyone else was like a straight man, it could be more balanced, and I might have enjoyed it more. But that's when well, I think the main problem was Mimi. Her character was like legitimately had intermittent explosive disorder and potentially a psychosis. Like she was really, really, really unwell. If I saw that kid out in public acting like that, I'd be like, this child should probably go into an inpatient unit for a little while. She's not okay. There's something seriously wrong with her. And I found her incredibly disturbing. And also she was like a nasty, mean bully, like a really nasty bully. And I fucking hate people like that. So I had yeah. a really difficult time. Every time she was on the screen, nothing would happen. And she would just be like, screw you, I'm the best, and I do whatever I want. And I'm like, oh, God, shut up. Right. Like, you're the worst. She's the kind of character where what kind of fell a little short for me in this film is that usually gets their comeuppance at some point, mm-hmm. And she never does. So in a way, you're kind of left with that plot line or that like, oh, I can't wait till she gets what's coming to her. And you just mm-hmm. kind of, it, it ends and you're like, well, I, ne- I never got that. So it felt <laughs> a little ungratifying. Like, I know she has to mm-hmm. apologize to her brother in Morse code, but I mean, that's not much. 
Well, and I don't think anybody got a comeuppance in this movie. Let's be serious. Like the bad guy won. Sure. Which which I'm fine with. That doesn't bother me. I think it's hilarious. Is he really the bad guy though? You know, yes. when you look at his origin, you could well, I mean, he's pretty bad. He, but, he's he's destroying know, the galaxy. He didn't have a chance. Ian. He's just well, destroying the whole galaxy. People dicks to him, you know. He's your he's your dark side character, yeah. right? Like he's literally <laughs> the bad dude. But I mean, to the credit of the authors, I think the intent there was very clearly that like this is a story about the worst person in the world getting mm-hmm. a bunch of evil power. Oh, and also Psycho Gorman. Uh-huh. And and yeah, there's a space monster there, but the girl is worse than the space oh, monster. Oh god, yeah, she's horrible. That is clearly part of the the narrative intention is that they want to drive home that like, yeah, he's a big he's he's like committing atrocities out in space, but she's a petty bitch on earth and you hate her way more. Yeah, she's the actual worst. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about PG a little bit. He's a fascinating character, purple guy. And interesting design. How'd you feel about him? I will come out and say I, I really enjoy, uh, enjoyed him. I would like more about him and his battles in space. Yeah, I thought he looked cool. He sounded cool. His acting was really good. Like, he was funny. Like, he had really good comedic timing. When they did do his flashbacks, it reminded me of Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> like, that world. It was real good. And then... There were a couple of times where he would be like that. There was a time when I was on the moon of blah, blah. And he would and you would start to flash back. Mimi would be like, shut up. And they would cut off. <laughs> and like, it was funny. But then I'm like, no, I wanted that. <laughs> yeah, because like the moon one, there was he was like in a giant space train or something like going into this like space octopus. And you're like, I, I want more of that. Yeah. He had big uh, Drax vibes. Mm hmm. Mm. In a lot of his scenes, you know, where he's sort of a fish out of water because just, you know, he has different sensibilities than the other characters, but also, you know, had that that dry sarcasm and just like outright violence that he couldn't use, but it was Mm -hmm. in his tone and stuff to make him feel like one of those, you know, I'm I'm a big murder dude. And when he was telling the parents, he's like, I'm going to murder you. I'm going to kill you. Whenever I can, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> How would you describe him for our listeners who haven't seen this movie? He's a psycho gore man. <laughs> okay, that clears it up. <laughs> yeah, he's a tall dude. He's vaguely purple. He's got some sort of like external carapace seeming uh, pseudo armor. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, but but not like super bulky, kind of like your standard science fictiony space monster kind of mm-hmm. dude. He's hot pink blood. He's got a kind of like space vampire face. Yeah, I can see that. And he can unhinge his jaw to ridiculous lengths to consume an entire person after defeating them in battle. It kind of reminded me of the merman at the end of Cabin of the Woods, <laughs> but like bigger. <laughs> Yeah, I loved his sensibilities, too. Like, no, that is not how we do things. This is what we do instead. We have (laughs) rules to murder, (laughs) murdering whole galaxies. When they were naming him and they go with Psycho Gorman, he's like, I don't know how that's better than the Archdemon of Nightmares. Right. He was like, I do not accept. (laughs) Yeah, he was funny. Tell me what your favorite parts of this movie were. My favorite parts. I mean, there there's a lot about this film I really enjoyed, but most of it was like weird secondary characters scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, Gorman interacting with like the police and the giant brain. Like when he turns the kid into the brain and it's just kind of like, that's the thing now. And everybody <laughs> just moves on. And now there's a giant brain in the rest of the movie. Like, and the kid's parents don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy how the brain moves, like when it's walking away. I mean, you know, I love practical effects. So mm-hmm. yeah, when the when the obsidian paladins show up and are just like a big mishmash of monster of the week rubber suit mm-hmm. villains, and all of them are like, we're gonna just all fight now. I was like, hell yeah, that's exactly yeah. Oh. what I wanted to happen. That was one of my favorite parts. Because they all, like, had, like, their special moves or whatever. And they were all so... And they really were, like, the Power (laughs) Ranger monsters. It's exactly what they were. 
Oh, a million percent. Oh, yeah. I called them super fun gore Muppets. Yeah. Because that's what they look like. And they were really fun. So there was a bunch of different ones. So there were five of them, right? There Mm -hmm. were five. There were were five, yeah. You had kind of like evil witch lady who looked like a Dark Souls standard creature. Yeah. You had backstabber guy, robot guy with a robot parrot on his shoulder. Yeah, like a bronze Uh, (laughs) robotic space pirate kind of dude. You had the main guy who I, I really, he was kind of weird to describe, kind of like he's kind of like a uh, like a like a Nazgul, but yeah, not wearing yeah. his hood up. He's got kind of like a like a Lord of the Rings evil villain crown, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. orcish look to him. Uh, and then you got the like dreadlocks tree dude. Yes. Yep. Yep. And then the most important one in my book that we can Absolutely. all agree on. Absolutely. Yes. You have this little mechanoid. It's like a mech. He was a tub of dead body parts that shot blood yeah, out. It was delightful. He looks kind of like a front-loading washing machine yeah. crossed <laughs> with like crossed with like a mech, like a mech warrior design because he's got like gun arms and legs, and there's just yeah. corpses coming out of the top of his head. He's rad. It was great. It was like in Frankenstein's army, Hans, the little pot that was walking yeah, around yeah. with legs that yeah. had all the stuff in it. It's his older brother. Yeah. <laughs> <An> upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And my favorite part. So they're fighting him. And at this point, Mimi has told him he can't fight back because she controls him with the gem of blah, blah, blah. And so they're all beating him up. And it looks like it's really intense. But then they pull away as the blood guy starts squirting blood on him. And it's just like this pulled away scene of it just like splashing with blood and him going, ugh. Yuck. <laughs> I just I loved that pull away. So in that moment, the like the two kids look at each other like, is this gonna take much longer? And it's not the <laughs> only time that they do that in the movie. They like call attention mm-hmm. to the fact that literally nothing is happening. Yeah. There's a dream sequence earlier. Oh, that was fun. Where Psycho Gorman comes in and he's talking to Luke and he's trying to get Luke to like be on his side. Like, she's fucking crazy, dude. We have to turn against her and get the gem for me because she's the worst right and then luke is like um no and he's like okay and then luke's like so now what and they're just sitting there they're they're like in luke's dream with like zombies crawling around and psycho gorman's like uh we wait for the dream to end and then they just sit around for a minute and they're like looking around (laughs) great like okay and so it was funny so then why not just make it move faster? Like, if you're calling attention to it, <laughs> now can we move on? Can we just, like, have something happen, please? Because <laughs> nothing happened. I mean, there's something for commitment to a bit. I get that. There's definitely a... I don't even know if I want to call it an act of the movie, but I'm going to do it. There's definitely a first act of the movie that is committed to being a comedy film more mm-hmm. than it is an action oh, or absolutely. science fiction, whatever, right? Because there is... Just like Frankenstein's army had its dicking around in the woods, mm-hmm. this movie has like its dicking around at the shoe factory and parents' house part. Yeah. Where, okay, so a young girl has enthralled a great cosmic evil, and now they're kind of going to just do like miscellaneous shenanigans for a little while, which has a bunch of really good bits in it. I would have preferred if they were interspersed throughout a larger plot line instead of just spending yes. like. 40 minutes of the movie just like goofing yeah because it wasn't really until the paladin showed up that shit kicked into gear well you got you got your 10 minute opener right where we establish the premise meet all the characters blah 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 and then the the paladins of sin don't show up until around the 45 minute mark Mm -hmm. so there's roughly 30 odd minutes of just like messing with the cops messing with the parents messing with other kids and like you know it's it's definitely a moment where i'm like were i the editor of this movie they think i do not do professionally nor do i want to uh i'd cut a bunch of that or you know just move pieces of it yeah this is what a montage is for well, and the thing with for me is, is like Brett said, there's so many pieces of this movie that for me work and that are funny or enjoyable because we definitely laughed a bunch. But yeah. then there were so many moments where we were just 
rolling our eyes or like sighing deeply and like looking off like, oh, God, is it done yet? Like, is are we ready to move on? How many times did I need crazy ball explained to me? It just was frustrating because the pacing was so it was just like not fun. I was having I was having a hard time because you'd have like a moment where it would be fun. And you'd be like, oh, this is funny. I like this, like the fight in the woods. And then it would just be like, and then you'd have to wait for it to build again. <laughs> yeah. I almost wonder, and maybe this is just me projecting my personal experience on this, but I watched this movie with a bunch of my friends in like a streaming party when it came out. One of the benefits of all the downtime is we could just talk through the film about mm-hmm. the parts that we enjoyed and we didn't miss anything. Right. It's the kind of movie that you don't really have to watch too yeah. much of to enjoy. Like this could be a second like a second screen TV show if you were or movie if you were doing something else. Absolutely. You could look over and be like, wow, that's zany, and then do the other thing. Like I think it fits that role pretty well. Like a split attention kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, the practical effects are really good. The gore is really good. There's like enough random silly moments that are funny and enjoyable, but it just, there's so much in between that's, that's just like, so when we get the fight in the woods, then we get, there's an argument between the parents where the mom is like, dude, I'm sick of your shit. All you do is sit around. You're the worst. And they have this like weird moment. Yeah. And then he, the dad. He goes to poop. He goes into the bathroom to poop. (laughs) For the best thing in the movie. Hold on. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) Psycho Gorman's face. Like a flying skull from Doom. Yeah. Just like pops out and just starts screaming. Come find me. Yeah. Come get me right now. My day overpass. And the dad is just like. Screaming, and then and then he's he's like, I don't know where that is. And then the face comes back, and he's like, It's over when you turn left on South Street, and just starts giving directions, like screaming aggressively. And the dad winds up like falling off the toilet, and then standing up, and then falling into the bathtub because the face keeps popping back up to give him directions. And we were laughing so hard. Absolutely. So hard. That was the best. And this is why I love the dad because in the tub after all that, he's like, Jesus, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> right? he has the he's best like, reactions. The well, there's that. And then there's the time he's sitting in front of the TV and Psycho Gorman like throws a fireball and it ricochets in the house and destroys the TV. And he's like, what? And he's like curls up in a couch in the chair. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, this guy gets it. <laughs> he just seemed like he was real high the whole time, which is, you know. Whatever. I mean, he might have been. Yeah. Right. So we needed we needed the marital scene where they're having an argument, mm-hmm. right? Because we needed some contrivance to make the mom turn evil for the next scene, mm-hmm. right? So yep. clearly, uh, we have a bad relationship. So she's the bitch. So she's going to become, you know, inundated in this uh, weird space Templar magic to be a villain for fifteen minutes. Yeah. That potion wore off quickly. Her alchemy skill, not high. An interesting piece, because like this, I I was complaining about the front half of the movie, but now as I remember more about the back half of the movie, the whole scene, like the whole thing about the Templar walking around in human form, mm-hmm. like for reasons, because, I mean, just like, <laughs> Dude's weak from being dumped on by like eight dudes just laying in the park and stab him. Yeah. But no, yeah. She, she's kind of like, I don't know, trying to turn them. I, I genuinely do not remember the reason she chose to be a human. I, she, I don't think she said, I think it was just to be able to like integrate herself. Maybe. I don't know. That's my yeah, guess. She was with the council on their little spaceship, which I really enjoyed that those scenes um and they like beamed up a human and she crushed her in like a flesh box and took her body and there was no reason other than that she yeah. just did it mm-hmm. yeah okay. just to just because so it. it was rad right yeah exactly right. just to show you i can do cool things here you go right yeah the the whole like alien council were the whole listen if it if it were like more of a serious movie the alien council will be the comedic relief 
Yes. But the whole movie was comedic relief, so I don't think it was as effective as it could have been, unfortunately, because it was no. so silly. Like, they were just, like, really silly. There was, like, a, a the skeleton in the tube with, with the brain mm-hmm. was really funny. It was, like, making, oh, yeah, like, little yeah. funny Bars faces. Over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that, but it also was, like, almost felt... It was like a table of Jar Jar Binks's. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it got to a point where you're like, some of this is ridiculous, and some of this is like, okay, we get it. It's enough. It was definitely fun. It just felt, it just felt like more comedy on top of comedy, which, which you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what they were going for. I'll give them credit for consistency. They were going, we're going all in all the time. We're not deviating from our our, our vision. Yeah, I mean. Whoever was their prop designer, costumer, mm-hmm. all those people brought their A game. Yeah, like for mm-hmm. sure. These are very. I, a lot of the designs are very clear homages to like other designs mm-hmm. in cinema. Like the fact that Ian said Jar Jar Binks when describing these aliens. <laughs> these are a lot of these yeah. are very clearly knocking off like Star Wars aesthetic. Oh yeah, and like the you know Star Wars Doctor Who. Power Rangers, Tokusatsu stuff, like that's all. It's all in here. Very clear influences, and like they do a great job at emulating yes. those designs, and not just like reiterating them, but doing something interesting. Yes, because I think every one of these designs is like the the Templar. She's got the Templar is the most Doctor Who. She's got sort of a blocky yes. robotic face, serrated wings and whatnot, and then she's got this weird like piece that sort of goes up it's like horns almost i i assume they're supposed to emulate wings but they look more like horns yeah like i like the design it's got like a weeping angel vibe to it a little bit which i like yeah like a white weeping angel cyber robot monster kind it's, of it's thing. fun it's really fun it's great it's a great yeah. design yeah like it's inspired but it is not ripping off in any way and that's awesome and hard to do Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. You guys both kind of mentioned, and I, I really think it's toning down some of the characters a little, I think could really have made this a lot more effective. Well, I mean, I think there's a couple ways to make a seemingly absurd setting work, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the ways is to have nobody think it makes sense, right? And then one of the other ways is to play it completely straight-faced. An example of that, I think, is uh, Resident Evil, right? The first one? No, just, like, as a franchise. Oh, okay. Resident Evil is an absurd setting. It's a setting where bioterrorist corporations build living weapons and yearly do mass experimentations on the populace that, like, lead to situations that need to be nuked. Like Flint, Michigan, yeah. Exactly, right? But, like, in-universe, everybody just is, like, yeah, that's what it is. And mm-hmm. it's not funny, and it's not weird, it's not strange, that's just life, and it's horrifying to us. If mm-hmm. anybody in Resident Evil was like, <laughs> zombies? At any point, <laughs> the whole thing falls apart. Right, right? Yeah. Because, like, like, oh, man, this dude in a trench coat who was dropped from a plane to chase down the members of a special forces organization that knows a little bit more than the next person about what's happening like it's stupid (laughs) but since everybody plays it perfectly straight it works you couldn't do that in a comedy movie right but i think if more people were playing the situation Mm -hmm. straight it might have worked a bit more for me i Mm. one billion percent agree with that like at the end we see the brain kid and he comes and sits at the table with his parents and they just like totally don't even notice. And I was like, is that a comment saying that they don't care about, like they don't notice him or is it just like, Oh, this is just life to me. I think it would have been more entertaining if they were like not paying attention. And then all of a sudden they look over and they're like, what the fuck? And like freaked out or something, you know, like Brett said, if there was a moment where anyone had like a normal human reaction I would have been like more okay with this. But the fact that people let this kid act like a complete little sociopath with no repercussions whatsoever 
And the parents just, they're like, oh, no, this is scary, but okay, whatever. They just, like, don't give a shit what their kids are doing. Like, Mm -hmm. so many things. The cops, the whole thing with the cops. Psycho Gorman shows up. And, like, five minutes later, the mom and the daughter are, like, dressing him in, like, a slapstick yes. moment at a uh, a store. Right. They they do, like, the pretty woman thing where trying on all the outfits to a funny song. And then he winds up coming out dressed like uh, the doctor from Jurassic Park. What was his name? <laughs> Alan Grant. <laughs> uh, no, Alan Grant. Yeah. He's dressed oh, as yeah, yeah, Alan Grant with, like, the little kerchief and the fucking hat. <laughs> which <laughs> which right. was funny. Like I said, it was like too much, too much. I will say, though, in that last scene where the brain comes out, I cracked up when he just started slapping his food across the plate with his tentacles. (laughs) That was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so how I don't understand. I didn't understand that. She like wanted him to Mimi wanted the kid to like love her. So Psycho Goreman did that to him. I didn't get it. The only thing I got is he goes to her. So she goes, make this boy, Alistair, who she's a crush on. You know, I just want him to play dodgeball with me. He's like, well, one time on the moon of Sarkoufenmush, I made the queen so-and-so fall. And And I'm assuming maybe turning them into a giant brain was what worked in that scenario. So maybe that's, he's like, I'm not that great at this, but I'm going to give it a shot. Or he's fucking with her. And he's like, listen, I don't like being mind controlled. Fine. He's going to love you, but he's a brain now. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch the scene because it was definitely a joke. Yeah, she said she said something, I'm sure, and he did that in response. It was like making a deal with the devil where they like take every nuance mm-hmm. of your word and like fuck with you. But I did I didn't get it. <laughs> so the brain eh. thing made no sense to me and I didn't think it was funny. I must have missed it. It was a great practical effect, though, so I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. the Like I said, practical effects in this were glorious. It actually led to what was one of the like few moments where I was like, oh, because she comes over at one point when they're like playing crazy ball at the school, and she's like hugging him, and you hear him go, will I ever be normal again? Oh, I know. And she goes, really not sad. likely, but I love you anyways, brain. And I was just like so sad for him in that moment. I don't know. I think 60% of these jokes hit. And I don't think that's a bad record. But I think that the things that did not hit felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And not in like a, this is a provocative, uncomfortable, making you question your blah, blah, blah. No, just like, eh, I don't like mm. that. I'm watching yeah. a guy in an open mic bomb. Like, uh, as the kids would say, a little cringe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, 40% cringe is pretty hard. I don't know. I give it a six. I know you don't do that, but <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's roughly where it falls for me on a scale of like this style of thing. So based on from where you're talking about, I think that leads right into this. Do I like this? Sam, take it away. Uh... Brett, take it away. <laughs> yes. I like enough about it. Um, I'm not going to go to bat for it and say that like, this is good. And I'm not even going to say that most people should watch it. But I think that in the... I think that more often than not, I liked what they did. And I personally appreciated a lot of the like design elements that they went mm. with. But I think that I couldn't give this more than a 6 out of 10 if I wanted to. Because it's lacking in a lot of areas... And there are several parts of the movie where I was kind of just like, get on with it. And, you know, that's not ideal. It's not the goal of an entertainment uh, medium. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would have to echo almost exactly what Brett is saying. There's so much of it that I thought was funny or well done or, you know, whatever. But it was just so messy. and, And when it's like intermingled with so much stuff that was not really enjoyable for me and that kid like that kid for me was so hard to watch she just was such a little fucking asshole like and you know how much you hate kids yeah (laughs) everybody here hates children yeah 
You didn't stand a chance. It's like the kid in Troll 2 or that kid in the Babadook. Like, I just can't. Certain kids are, like, punchable, and this kid was was the most punchable. Wait, which kid in Troll 2? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the boy, only I kid you, in Troll 2. <laughs> it took me a moment, and I was like, oh, shit. Now I know as I was saying and it. When, uh, when these guys start doing their live show, uh, don't bring your children. Yeah, don't bring your children. And uh, keep them away from Sam. <laughs> She's a puncher. <laughs> Ian's a kicker. Sam's a puncher. That's just how yeah. it is. Well, and you know, it's funny because... Together we're a sport. Because kids are my favorite. I prefer children to right, right. other humans in general. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I need to say that because I just talked about punching children. So... <laughs> <laughs> listen. Listen. Don't believe her. That is what a child puncher would want you to think. Ian's gaslighting because he's the guy getting hit. All right. <laughs> Everybody else is perfectly fine, except for Sam, who gets kicked at night. Like, I, you know, that's. I get kicked by I a child. I want to now clarify actually. that Sam gets kicked at night by the child inside her and not her All husband. Right. I want to I clarify that they are both criminals and domestic abusers. <laughs> End of clarifications. Oh, man. I get- and we're out of time. See you next week. Ah, no. Ah, that's a cliffhanger. I get kicked by the kid inside, and then I also get kicked by the kid who crawls into bed and shoves her feet in my face. So there's that. <laughs> and she doesn't even live here. <laughs> oh, little demon as well? God. Yes. Ghost Kid. God. The trifecta. Ghost kid. Oh, wow. Damn. Oh, I want Ghost Kid the movie. There you go. No, so, yeah, I agree horrifying. with bo- what both of you guys said. I think it's fine. This movie's fine. It's not great it's not bad it has some yeah but really neither good of highs. you are giving it a like you're both giving it no's no i would uh, i would put it on like the background really i'm looking at your faces you're both giving it no's yeah no, not really mm, you know, do you like but, this movie no not really no i wasn't really my cup of tea i agree with you i loved the design i loved the art direction and i thought there was some really cool world building i just didn't really like the overall package yeah, and I th- I think I would have to say like I I don't really like it. I just like elements of it. And it and it is like one of those perfect movies to put on in the background. If you're with a ton of people, like throw it on in mm-hmm. the background while you're chatting over parts of it because there are many parts that you can chat over and you will not miss a thing. Mhm. Mhm. And to me, that's a problem. <laughs> you can but, go get another drink at yeah, times. Yeah. And that can be what you need for some situations. It's it's not a resounding no, but it's certainly not a uh, bad taste, you know. I mean, if you if you have a higher <laughs> tolerance than average for cringe and bullshit, then you'll probably be okay. Yeah, with it. yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. If you're like me, yeah. So that's Psycho Gorman. Next week on Long Tedious Movies, The English Patient. So looking <gasps> Don't forward to dare. that. Don't you dare. I love The English Patient. <laughs> We're going to watch Downton Abbey, the movie, but I'm going in blind. I haven't seen any of the series. No. Same. Ooh. I've seen clips in the background while Sam's so watching good. it. <laughs> so good. We're going to watch Better Call Saul, and I've never seen Breaking Bad. Listen, you want to have a bad day? Let's go watch Amazon's Wheel of Time. Oh. Oh, is it bad? Because they're doing my boys dirty. I mean, again, this is just my opinion. You know, I I couldn't get past the first book because it was such a blatant ripoff of Lord of the Rings. I had a really hard time with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Okay. So I'm not interested in the movie, but I, I have heard that it's not great. So, I mean, this know. from the this from the girl who likes Lord of the Rings, which is a blatant ripoff of European history. Come on, Sam. <laughs> if you guys want a good time, we just finished, and I want to say to everyone, go watch Righteous Gemstones right now. Go do it. It's on HBO Max. It's hysterical. Or Bad Taste, which we just watched a couple weeks ago. That was hilarious. Listen to the episode because it's also hilarious. Yeah. And I mean, if you want a good time and you're a weirdo, right? Uh, Arcane solid, and uh, Comey can't communicate, man. She can't do it. <laughs> those are words. Yeah, those are shows. So, <laughs> Wait, are those animes? Television shows that are on Netflix. I don't know why you're acting like I'm weird. Like Jesus Christ. Did you um? Did you Squid Game yet? Uh, no, because uh, I'm familiar with Kaiji, and I just think it's a knockoff. Well, there you go, That's everybody. for one person. That joke's for one person, and it's mm-hmm. me specifically. So don't worry. 
hey, when you listen to this episode, you're going to appreciate it. I'm already opposed to capitalism, so I don't need anything to just tell me that right. <laughs> I don't like living in an echo chamber. So, yeah, you know, you, you, want, you want to get other opinions every now and again. I love kimchi. I hate capitalism. Squids I'm ambivalent about. I like to eat squids. As long as they don't ink me up, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of opinions, we want your opinion. Please, if you enjoy us, go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can follow us on all our socials in the episode notes. Sam just made a farting noise with her mouth. And our website, doilikethispodcast.com. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. I did want to clarify it wasn't your butt. You know, can you, uh, can you, can you answer a bet with me real quick? Ooh, maybe. Because uh, my mom did not know who writes the copy for all your website and posts between the two of you. And I said it was Ian. It depends. It's me. It's, it's usually <laughs> no, no, Ian. No, no, it's, it's on the website. It's 100% okay. Oh, me. it's always Ian. And then I always tell him Episode he spelled things wrong. Me. And I get mad at him. Why? Is that what? Who does mom, mom can't tell her own. Do you know how much of my terrible writing I made her read when I was None like 19? None so much. She just pretended None to read it, Ian. I'm glad someone <laughs> reads the website. I remember you once wrote a character named Osiris Black, and we were like, that's unique and original. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the prisoner of Azkaban was on your desk. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got this. Wait, man. you... you- <laughs> Gary Porter wasn't your favorite character of mine. <laughs> ah, dude. Nah, I hold it out for whatever veiled ripoff of me that exists somewhere in Texas. Donald Speasley was <laughs> such a great character. I hope that's me. <laughs> that's gonna be my new gamer tag. <laughs> hey, what's up, noobs? <laughs> you just got Kimmy. pwned by Donald Speasley. <laughs> Hell yeah. Himmy Peas Free was a great character. (laughs) And we're done. (laughs) And we'll see you guys next week.